Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. And presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By Lifegate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive, with locations throughout the New Orleans area. Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Wego. Petri Transport Services. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, University of New Orleans play-by-play voice, Jude Young of CrescentCitySports.com and Cumulus Radio New Orleans. Hello, friends. Good to get to talk a little football with you as we always do this time of year and plenty to get to. And, of course, we will start with the 1-0 New Orleans Saints. Little bit of your Tuesday night quarterbacking. 16-15. to Not the prettiest game in the world. Who cares? I think you're going to find this, and if you watched enough week one football in the NFL, and if you have recently, especially in the past few years, with just the completely limited off-season slash training camp slash preseason. We don't really know what these teams are, what they're going to be in a lot of cases as far as a finished product goes. Now some, they impress you right out the gates, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt about the Dallas Cowboys against another playoff team, the New York Giants. They were impressive. 40 to nothing on the road. What can you say? Now, maybe that says something about the Giants not being ready, but Brian Dayball was probably the most praised coach in the NFL for what he did last year with the Giants. And maybe this is going to be a sophomore slump for him, for them, for Daniel Jones with his new contract. Who knows? That's just one team. Is it more about the Cowboys? Or is it more about the Giants. It applies to the Saints as well. For one, we know Alvin Kamara's not out there. He makes a difference, which has nothing to do with preparation, but obviously because of the suspension. And you're just not as sharp as a team in a lot of ways. That's why, for example, I think Rashid Shahid fumbled the opening kickoff. He wound up being a major player in the Saints' victory, but got his season off to a terrible start, and this is somebody that had a preseason injury and missed a lot of preparation time. Just a second-year pro, somebody who was used much more as a return man weapon in college than he was as a receiver, so he's still growing in that role now, growing very quickly into a very good pro at the minimum, but still 
learning, evolving. The more reps he gets, the better. And losing those reps and losing that contact can lead to not protecting the ball quite as well as he's capable of. That's just a small piece of that. You don't really know these teams necessarily out the gates. And a lot of people were saying, oh, here we go again. A Saints team that lost the turnover battle a lot of times last year. They're going to lose it again. Didn't happen when the game played out. And that's why the Saints won as much as anything. Intercepting Ryan Tannehill three times. That's massive for the defense. A defense that was much maligned for not being able to force turnovers. They did in this game. But the further you go along, and I always think of the 1993 New Orleans Saints. Back then, when you had a lot more preparation time, that's not a major excuse. But even then, you don't always know how good a team is or how bad a team is until you get a few games into the season and somebody might expose you. Heck, it was mid-October. Those Saints were 5-0 and coming off a of bye week, well-rested. Three of their wins were convincing wins. Then they went to Pittsburgh, and that defense exposed the Saints badly. Wade Wilson and company. Thing went downhill, and the Saints finished 8-8 eight eight after a 5-0 and start. So you, you never really know too much early season games, particularly week one. But the Saints were able to come out on top because they made some good off-season decisions, good leading up to the start of the regular season decisions. A lot of people have talked about it while Will Lutz traded to Denver, missed a long field goal, and more crucially, an extra point in a one-point loss. Saints rookie kicker Blake Groupie made all of his field goals, three of them. His extra point, scored 10 of your 16 points, took advantage of every opportunity he had, and you win by the slimmest of margins. And then, of course, there's Derek Carr. NFL Films, if you've seen it, miking up players on the sidelines, including Carr, catching the conversation, Carr, talking on the bench, talking to Rashid Shaheed on that crucial third and four, wanting to attack down the field, not just thinking, hey, let's get the first down, thinking, hey, we can beat these guys. You're beating these guys. He targeted Shaheed six times, hit him for five for 89, and the one that didn't count could have counted. If you get the right angle, maybe it would have been a second touchdown, but that's neither here nor there. Point is, Sheed was active, not as targeted as Michael Thomas and certainly not Chris Olave, 8 and 10 respectively. Those are your top two receivers, but Sheed as the third guy is very important. He stretches the field. He's dangerous. Carr knew that. And I think that's a sign of a quarterback that's confident in his abilities and isn't thinking about, and I don't want to, overplayed this too much, but the bare minimum. You're protecting a lead that's down to one. You don't want to give the ball back. And you're not just thinking, well, it's third and four or five. Let's get five. You're thinking, where can I attack this defense and make a play and put this thing away? 
Carr was not thinking about just getting the first down, but he was thinking about, let's put this game away. That's confidence. And then able to back up the confidence with execution. And that's the difference between having an okay quarterback, for example, an Andrew, an Andy Dalton last year, and having a Derek Carr. Who, we don't know how good he can really be because he hasn't had the stability in the league. Like, the Saints have provided Sean Payton era, and now with the defense in particular, with current head coach Dennis Allen. But makes the big throw, and he's looking to do more than just, okay, we're not playing in fear here of we don't want to give the other team the ball back. We're playing to put the game away. Now, sometimes that confidence is going to lead to mistakes, to turnovers, like the late first half throw, trying to force it down the middle to Juwan Johnson when you're entering field goal range on that drive anyway. You got to live with that every once in a while with a quarterback who's trying to make things happen. But overall, 22 of 33, 96 quarterback rating, 305 yards when you had no running game. As a matter of fact, the rushing play that put the game away, Jamal Williams, 11 yards. That was the only well-executed running play to a tailback. Truly well-executed, although Tony Jones' one carrier was for five yards. But for Williams, who had 16, excuse me, 18, for just 45 yards, and that was with the 11-yarder, Saints were losing up front. And that meant Carr had to work a little harder. Times he had to worry for his life. Everybody's talked about how bad Trevor Penning was in the first half. Arden Key looked like the best pass rusher alive, the former LSU Tiger, eating the second-year former first-rounder's lunch. Saints had to chip and provide extra help to overcome that. And who knows how that's going to work out moving forward. That will continue to be a point of discussion. Will Penning learn on the job well enough and keep getting better because he's got to start getting better in a hurry? But that didn't deter Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a quarterback who has dealt with bad offensive lines. Tough situations with the Raiders. But he was also very happy to see how well the Saints' defense performed. But let's get into that because, again, knowing who the 2023 Saints are. We don't know yet. And we thought we were going to get a better idea about them as a run defense. And benefited from the fact that the Saints were the better coach team. Period. Than Tennessee, which is really surprising when you talk about Mike Vrabel and the job he's done with the Titans. And the Titans didn't play like the Titans that we've seen from him. The Titans, whose best player is clearly still Derrick Henry. In the first half, it looked like the Saints were going to have a problem if the Titans played like the Titans that we've seen in recent seasons. But they didn't. Brian Tannehill wound up throwing 34 passes and running three times because he was under pressure, whereas... The Titan tailback, so that's 37 dropbacks. 
to just 18 carries combined for Henry and former Tulane star, the rookie Tajay Spears. When the strength of their football team, even with a remodeled offensive line that was showing early, was the running game with a future Hall of Fame running back and a very talented rookie, as we locals know. And yet they got away from the running game in a football game that was always close, that was nip and tuck the entire way. It made no sense. And I think it was a gift for the Saints. Help them win that game. And that's coaching. This was a close game all the way through. The Titans were never in any danger, and yet they got away from running the football. That doesn't mean the Saints, and they, they, they were better against the run the times they saw it as the game progressed, but the Titans should have intuitively understood, you know, the best way to, to win in this situation, our defense is playing well. We seem to have an advantage up front against their offense. We need to keep running the ball. And they didn't do that. So the Saints didn't get as much of the test that they should have. Now, Henry wound up having 4.2 yards per carry on his 15 rushes. Spears had nine on his three. It didn't have to all be Henry because we know how elusive Spears is. The Titans screwed up. Yes, that's a passing league, I know it, but the Titans aren't a passing team. They put the game in the hands of the quarterback that they've drafted young QBs, not in the first round, mind you, but the past two years on day two, looking to try to replace him, and rightfully so, as we saw Sunday in the Dome. Saints were fortunate that it worked out that way because the strength of their defense is still rushing the quarterback, and it's talent in the secondary with all hands on deck. It was a gift. The Saints took the gift and still had to play very well on a lot of areas to pull off a one-point win at home. So let's not get too excited other than the fact that it's week one and win any way you can, absolutely, and try to move on and play better. Saints have to play better. Obviously, Trevor Penning and that offensive line that I've questioned leading all the way into the season, is this team going to be able to consistently run the ball? We did not see that at all. Throw out Jones' five-yard carry. Williams, 2.5 yards a carry with the 11-yarder that clinched the win. Yikes. You don't need Derek Carr having to carry the offense every week. And that even includes if Kamara comes back and he's a weapon in space and you're throwing him a bunch of passes to make up for no running game. That won't add up to the number of wins you're looking for, even in a week in NFC South. And I know the Bucks won at last year's fraud, the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see how many more wins they have in them. Still a veteran team with some talent, no doubt, but we'll see. Again, week one, survive in advance, right? And the Falcons, who were crazy run-heavy, even at home, playing a rookie quarterback, And it worked for them. They won 24-10. to 10. You can't argue with it. Cashed in on two key interceptions by Bryce Young, who you, the New Orleans Saints play next. But they're going to play like that all year. So when you play the Falcons twice, you're going to get Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, 
pounding right at you like the Titans should have done. And I think on Monday night you're going to see a Carolina team, a place that's been a house of horrors the past couple of trips to Charlotte. You're going to see Carolina try to feed Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard to a lesser extent to protect their young quarterback and see if that Saints run defense is still a weakness like it was last season. Yes, the 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 main defensive tackles, three of the four are completely different guys. And no doubt Brian Brissy is impressing so far. All the more reason to run right at him versus let him use his great quickness to pursue. I think that's what other teams are going to think of. And you've got a lot of those teams on the schedule who think the same way. It's a schedule without a lot of great quarterbacks. And they will probably be smarter than the Tennessee Titans were. Try to see if better players at better positions can have a greater effect on the game. Next two road games, Carolina, then a short week against a Green Bay Packers team that, hey, their demise has been greatly exaggerated. They still have Aaron Jones. He's an excellent running back. They still run the ball really well. A.J. Dillon's a nice number two who can pound it at you. They're going to do that. Tampa's much more run-oriented. Week four. At New England, they didn't run the ball very well against Philly, but few teams probably will. New England to win games, they're going to have to run the football. Another rookie quarterback with good running backs. The Texans after that. You don't see a really good quarterback again that's proven to be well above average, to maybe special, until the short week. Mid-October. Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars. You got a lot of teams that need to run the ball to be successful, and they're going to test the Saints there. So that's what we want to see more of of the defense. So it comes down to, can the Saints win up front defensively against the run, and can they get a lot better? And people saying, hey, they may not see a better defensive front than Tennessee throughout them in week one. Eh, let's not overplay that too much. There are quite a few good defensive fronts on the schedule still. It's making an excuse for something that we knew could be a weakness going in. A journeyman and James Hurst playing left guard. That left side is a question mark. It's got to get better. The whole line's got to get better running the football. Because Jamal Williams runs hard. That's not a problem. It's, you know, he can't run through a hole that isn't there. So those are the two things we need to see. And look at Carolina. Saints need to just simply do what they did against Tennessee to give them a great chance to win the game. Don't lose the turnover battle. Preferably win it. They lost too many turnover battles last year and lost games because of it. And if Blake Groupie as a kicker continues to be a guy who seems to kick everything right down the middle, you should cash in on all your good scoring opportunities with field goals and touchdowns, avoid the turnover, and based on the schedule, they can win a lot of games. At the very least, you want to split these next two games on the road. If you had to pick one, it's the divisional game at Carolina. Yeah, they'll be fired up, first home game, franchise quarterback in place, but an offense that isn't good, an offensive line that isn't good, and a young quarterback who's going to have some growing pains, and the Saints need to provide some of that pain to dish it out. 
and get the job done. If they're going to be more than just a team that's trying to outdo mediocre competition to win a division and get a home playoff game. To see if they can elevate themselves to what is a clear right now top three in the NFC. The defending champion Eagles. They're clearly the best overall football team. Dallas looked like they could challenge for that, but more questions to be answered there for sure. But they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And then, of course, the 49ers who played the Eagles and weren't fortunate enough to have a healthy quarterback for most of that NFC Championship game last year. (laughs) Statement win for them, too, at Pittsburgh. Tough place to go. First week of the season, they destroyed the Steelers. Those are the three. I don't know if the Saints are as good as any of those three teams, or maybe even close, but they've got to put themselves in the best position when they get a chance to play those teams. The schedule is begging them to. Now, if they don't get better on the offensive line, because I feel good about the overall defensive line, even with the Peyton Turner injury. He'll miss a lot of the season. Surprise, surprise. Sadly. But overall, a defense that I want to see them get challenged by teams looking to run right at them. And we'll see if they meet it. If they do, that defense is going to be one of the best in the league. You can go a long way with that. But if the Saints offensive line doesn't get better and injuries will only make things worse, and they do happen and you never know when, it could scupper the whole season even with a much better quarterback, good weapons at receiver. Alvin Kamara coming back after a couple more games. That's a lot to like. And you survived week one, got the win. And did it making big plays late in the game. Being clutch. That carries over. It's the most important part of week one other than just getting the W any way you can. Taking confidence of how you got the job done in a close game late in a league that sets up to have a lot of close games. But we know where the concerns are. Where the whole thing can be derailed. And if this team is the real deal as in an NFC contender, they won't trip at Carolina next week. They won't lose to a team they lost to twice last year. They'll beat them both times. Even on the road, even in prime time. Bigger tests than even Tennessee, even though against a lesser team. These are the games that good teams win. 504-260-1061 is the number. That's 504 260 1061, as usual, with you on the Tuesday night edition of All Access. When we come back, we'll shift our attention to the college ranks. If you want to talk about the Saints, though, we'll gladly have you on the program. But big week to go on the road. First true road games for LSU and Tulane. And we have to get into the state of the Tigers and the Green Wave. Daytime affairs. Important ones for these two teams to win, although the circumstances are different. We'll talk about that when we return on 106.1 FM. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros, plus we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment, it's information, it's all that you could want, and it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. My dad worked on the docks, sometimes 16 hours a day. 
Mom made breakfast every morning for him at 5 a.m. She was a teacher. I had a paper route, then got promoted to throwing 100-pound sacks of rice. It was a good life. Football paid for college. I was small. It was like that later in the courtroom. I've always been on the side of David, not Goliath. Later, when I embraced God, it changed my heart. I'm Hunter Lundy. We have too much poverty. Raise the minimum wage. 80% of prisoners get out of jail. They need to learn to read and write or learn a trade. Get kids outside to learn people skills and character. And people who wreck our air and water need to clean it up right now. These politicians aren't doing what works, but I will, and I won't let you down. Hunter Lundy, governor. Paid for by Lundy for Louisiana. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepickscom slash primetime and use code primetime that's code primetime at prizepickscom slash primetime for a first deposit match up to 100 Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights. Here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods. Here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all. Here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. It happened at the Mississippi Press Association. Democrat Brandon Presley got asked where he stands on sex change surgeries and puberty blockers for children. Here's the reporter asking the question. Would you have signed the bill on the prohibition of sex change? And Brandon Presley's answer? When asked if he supports the new state law that bans puberty blockers for sex changes in children, Presley said he would have kept puberty blocking drugs legal for children. The Mississippi Free Press wrote, and I quote, Democratic candidate for Mississippi Governor Brandon Presley would not have signed legislation that outlawed puberty blockers and sex change surgeries for children. Sex change surgery is permanent, forever. Yet when it comes to the radical transgender agenda, Brandon Presley took the same position as Joe Biden, the same position as the radical National Democrats. That's why Brandon Presley cannot ever be our governor. Paid for by Tate for Governor. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Macy's Backstage. What will you find at Macy's Backstage? Here's a hint. Fall finds for $25 and under. Like sharp blazers, cozy sweaters, cargo pants, jackets, and more. 
Find the latest trends and new arrivals at a Macy's Backstage store near you. Good evening. Traveling on 90B right now. You're going to run into a little bit of a delay near General de Gaulle Drive where we had some trouble earlier this afternoon on your way over towards Interstate 10. Meanwhile, 10 looks good. As a matter of fact, it looks very nice this evening as you're headed up towards Slidell. And we were hearing about an accident in the city earlier. This was on MLK Boulevard near South Broad at South Rosha Blave Street. I'm Art Madman Merring from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Jude Young of PrestonCitySports.com and all access on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504 260 1061. Welcome back to the program where we're talking football because it's football season. We wait so long for it. Damn right we're going to talk about it. Beat it into the ground. LSU did what they were supposed to do on the scoreboard this past week, blowing out Grambling State. Shocker. But the first quarter was disturbing. As a matter of fact, 221 of Grambling's 320 total yards in the 62-point beatdown came on the first three drives. Starters versus starters. Grambling's not even a title-contending SWAC team. An FCS team from the SWAC is probably middle of the road in their conference. And they were marching up and down the field, running, throwing, didn't matter. There was balance there. I think there was one yard difference in those first three drives where Grambling should have scored in all three of them, came up with 10 points. Now they couldn't stop LSU. And how much do you get from that? Although it's good to see 300 yards plus rushing and passing no matter who the opponent is, but that was no test. The fact that the other side of the ball was a test for that defense was just another head-scratcher. What's going on there? And We already see, and this is where you give Brian Kelly credit. It happened last year. We're seeing it again pretty quickly this year. He and his staff are making quick changes on the fly. They're not selling for, well, these were the guys we picked to start and play these spots. Going into the season, we're going to roll with it. No, if it ain't working, we're going to keep making changes till we find solutions. Not all coaches and staffs do that. And that includes, when looking at Mississippi State and the matchup there, even though they are going up against a veteran quarterback, a guy who's setting SEC ref- records as far as longevity playing, and Will Rogers... It's not the air raid version of the Bulldogs that we saw the past few years. Big reason why. Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. Instead, now, they're much more run-oriented. and They want to trust their defense, but they have not been terribly impressive. If LSU is going to step forward and their loss to Florida State was much more about the Seminoles being really good and LSU areas that need to improve being exploited and it being a perfect storm. The Tigers will go to Starkville at 11 a.m. on Saturday and take care of business convincingly. I don't think Mississippi State's very good. Yes, they have some talented players on both sides of the ball, but overall challenge in the SEC, they're not very good. They struggled offensively and deep into the second half and really into the fourth quarter to completely put away 
the Southeastern Lions in week one. And it wasn't like they weren't trying to handle their business against an FCS foe. Not a bad one, mind you. But when you think about a Lions team that's still in the top 20 in the FCS after a couple of losses to FBS teams on the road and paycheck games, those top 10 to 20, I mean, they compared to at least the bottom 30 and the FBS as far as talent and capability goes. They do. But still, at the, I mean, a block punt very late in the third quarter really started the snowball effect for the Lions against Mississippi State in that one. And then last week, Bulldogs hold on in overtime at home against Arizona, an improving Arizona program. But needed to win the turnover battle 4 to nothing to win that game in overtime. And the momentum was clearly turning against them late in the second half when Arizona forced overtime. So not very impressive. That's a sign in those two matchups of what Mississippi State probably is, which is a team that should struggle to make a bowl game. So it's obviously a must-win for LSU, now a 10-point favorite. But we have to see whether this defense is going to take step forward. And here's where the changes come. Denver Harris is now a starting cornerback. He needs to be. He's by far the most talented one at the most talent-deficient position on the LSU roster. He was a big-time recruit, had his issues at A&M, but when he played, he played well. They need him on the field. They know it. Now he had to get his act together. Emotionally, it sounds like, more than anything else. But now he's going to be on the field, and he needs to be. Isaiah Alexander, the transfer from Southeastern, he's okay. But we'll see how much longer he holds on with Ashton Stamps, the freshman from Rummel, behind him. It won't take too long for Kelly and his staff to put the best players on the field, no matter how old. They're not going to let deficiencies go without trying other options. And now a healthy Logan Diggs is going to be the man. And when you look at unofficial depth charts, right, you see that those carries that Caleb Jackson was getting, the ball over, grambling, were the obvious start for him. They didn't want to risk a true freshman playing against Florida State going into that, even with Diggs unavailable. But I think Diggs and Jackson, along with Josh Williams, who's your proven guy, those are your, your three that need to get the football. So you can start having a consistent running game. And yes, Jaden Daniels on his reads, his RPOs, has to make better decisions. But LSU has to start running the ball better. And I think they're going to because Diggs and Jackson are big with good feet. And they're going to give the Tigers something in the running game we haven't seen in several years. And they need to. LSU has to have it. And we'll see how they match up against, a, I think, a pretty decent Mississippi State defense. Can LSU take a step forward? Can they do it with their current setup on the offensive line? We're seeing more of Lance Hurd playing right tackle and moving Emory Jones into right guard. I'd like to see that full-time. Personally, I think uh, since they can't get bigger and they don't seem to have more potential right now at center, Charles Turner at least his experience 
doesn't hurt you there, but he doesn't help you as much as you'd like. Other than that, it's clear that Miles Frazier, the current number one right guard, well, you can do better. And better might be Jones kicking inside and trusting Hurd at right tackle. You trusted two freshmen who were your most talented options as the tackles, Jones and Will Campbell last year. You can probably trust Hurd, who's better than Jones prospect-wise as a tackle, and get more out of both of those guys on the right side of your line. I think we're going to see more of that too. So the, the changes are going to happen quickly, but that's the one thing that hurts LSU about playing all of these tough week one neutral site games against big-time programs. Really hard to risk squeezing some freshmen in there. The trust factor. And when you have it go way against you, which wasn't expected this year against the Seminoles, kind of speeds up the process, though, on the other end because conference is what really matters. And, hey, you all have seen it if you followed it. Bama got drilled at home by Texas and across the board, the SEC, Georgia not even being tested yet. They're Georgia, so proven otherwise. Rest of the SEC, a lot of reasons not to be terribly impressed. Might be the weakest the conference has been from top to bottom in recent memory. Through two weeks, it sure looks like it. So that's good news for an LSU team if they can figure it out. They can take full advantage of that. But it should start at Mississippi State. And it should start with the secondary holding its own, the cornerbacks holding up, playing well. Because if they do, they'll handle their business against Mississippi State. If they don't, oh boy. I just don't think the Bulldogs are that good. And this should be a game if LSU is going to repeat in the West. They got to win, and they shouldn't be doing it by their fingernails. 504-260-1061 is the number. That's 504-260-1061. Of course, we've talked about the Tigers. Next, we need to talk about the Green Wave. And we need to do, we don't need to do, but we're going to focus on what Tulane has to focus on, which is putting this past Saturday behind them and focusing on the task at hand in Hattiesburg. We'll talk a little bit about behind us and more about what's in front of the Tulane Green Wave when we come back on All Access. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. Attention Grace knows women are tired of bulky, leaky plastic pads made with harsh ingredients that irritate their skin. Attention Grace is set out to design the cleanest, highest performing incontinence products, and the difference is night and day. Women everywhere are switching to Attention Grace, a revolutionary line of skin-safe incontinence, liners, pads, and briefs that are tough on leaks, safe on skin, and gentler on the planet. Ready to upgrade your incontinence care? Attention Grace, now available at Walmart.com and 1500 Supercenters nationwide. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain! So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This report is sponsored by Discover. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you earn doubled. The cash back from trips, restaurants, all doubled. Seriously, those see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Good evening, traveling on 90B right now. You're going to run into a little bit of a delay near General de Gaulle Drive where we had some trouble earlier this afternoon on your way over towards Interstate 10. Meanwhile, 10 looks good. As a matter of fact, it looks very nice this evening as you're headed up towards Slidell. And we were hearing about an accident in the city earlier. This was on MLK Boulevard near South Broad at South Rosha Blave Street. I'm Art Badman Merling from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Jude Young on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Attention Tulane shoppers. The store's closed. The Ole Miss store is closed. It's over. Your team has to put it out of its mind. You need to put it out of your mind. Now, the coulda, woulda, shoulda stuff, well, maybe we need to get Jim Moore in here to give you that speech. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, could have, would have, should have, doesn't mean anything. If we would have had Michael Pratt, we would have won. I've heard some people say not only would we have won, we'd have been the team winning by two, three touchdowns. Okay. I don't hear anybody talking about the fact that Ole Miss went bang, bang, bang right down the field throwing the ball, including a touchdown to their excellent number one receiver who might be all SEC, Trey Harris who was hurt not long after that and out of it. But Ole Miss didn't could have, would have, should have. They, in the end, scored more points. Yeah, it sucks. We'll never know how the game would have played out. And this and this is something that has to be considered. We'll never know how the game would have played out with a healthy Michael Pratt. We don't. We don't know how that mentally affected Ole Miss who was a different team from the very start of the second half. I have somebody who I really respect talking about, you know, Tulane, they, they, they got tired on defense. No. Ole Miss started winning individual matchups at the very start of the second half. Tulane had the ball first. But they weren't winning up front at all in the first half. 
they needed a fire lit under them. Now, you could argue if that plays out the same way, sure, Michael Pratt's there, Tulane has a big lead. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But we don't know how the game would have played out at all. And we never will. I do know this, the issues that I continue to have, whereas Tulane has receivers with speed, but they don't have any special receivers, and they don't have any special running backs, which we knew was not surprising to measure up to a guy as talented as Tajay Spears. So you lack that game-changing, consistently guy when you talk about playing the old misses of the world. Fortunately for Tulane, there aren't any other old misses on their schedule or anything close. Like my partner in CrescentCitySports.com, Crime, Ken Trahan, wrote, not even knowing what he said about it last night on that edition of All Access, Ken said, hey, Michael Pratt might have done more for his draft stock not playing in that game than playing in it. He's right. The myth of, well, what would have happened if Pratt would have been there might help him, assuming he comes back healthy and has a great season as expected. We don't know if he's going to play this week. Willie Fritz saying today that he's coming along. We hope he plays. Kai Horton will play better getting another opportunity against a lesser football team. I don't, I, I, I don't think USM's as good as they were last year. Coaching defections, talent defections, still questionable passing game. I don't think their defense is as good. This is a get-right spot for Tulane no matter who the quarterback is. Why? Because if Tulane is as good as certainly their fans think they are right now, and as good as they've looked matching up against South Alabama team that they made look weak. A 10 win last year, almost all their starters back team. They made them look inferior across the board. And against an SEC team that's pretty good, they should dominate the rest of the schedule from what we've seen from these other teams. I don't think UTSA is what we thought they were going to be. Again, it's early, things change, but Tulane's got more talent. FAU are worried about down the line. Well, they got to get a lot better. They ain't there yet. Took a look at them, too. Rest of the league, not seeing it. Tulane should go 11-1, and one, and then could have, would have, should have is going to mean a whole lot more to shout from the rooftops to talk about your chances. But, yes, then you can lament. If you get to the point where you, you go 12-1, and one, win the conference, which will put you in a New Year's Six Bowl again. Then you can lament the, oh, we could have been Cincinnati from a couple of years ago. But you got to get there first. Do that, and then the argument of could have, would have, should have against Ole Miss means a whole lot more. Because look at the schedule. You know it. Green Wave should dominate it. And Fritz said today, flat out, we haven't played a complete game yet. He knew they got whooped in the second half by Ole Miss. They did. May not have mattered again, I'll say it again, if Pratt plays and plays well and maybe had a big enough lead to survive it because you did stop Quinshawn Judkins. You were really able to commit to stopping the run with Harris out of the equation, and you did it. You matched up physically pretty well. 
I don't think they wore down. I think Ole Miss played better up front than they had, but they also have some issues, particularly on their offensive line, that could be exposed in SEC play. Again, teams learning about themselves. Tulane should know by now. They execute the rest of the way. They shouldn't lose to any of these people. They should. So we should see a dominating revenge spot win versus a letdown after Ole Miss in Hattiesburg, 3 o'clock. Because they're way better. Right? Yes, Will Hall's a good coach. They caught Tulane with their pants down last year after jumping out to a 14 nothing lead and just playing horribly the rest of the game. Tulane needs to put together 60 minutes and take it out on USM because they're better. They do that. Then we can start talking about 11 and 1. That's real. And they need to get to 11 and 1 to make the could have, would have, should have argument about Ole Miss actually mean anything towards their season. Big challenge, but not as big as their talent versus the opposition the rest of the way. They need to get the job done. Period. End of story. There were drops there, too, that didn't help Horton. Notice that. And even though they were great on third down, a couple times they needed to get fourth down stops, including the touchdown that really turned the second half. They didn't. Had their chances, but that defense is good. It is solid from front to back. What's really great about Tulane, we knew about the veteran offensive line. Patrick Jenkins leading a good defensive front. It matches up with good opposition, better opposition than they see in their league this year. And enough depth there that if you don't have massive injury issues, that should play every week, every time they take the field. I expect a statement, if this is a two-lane program that has fully and completely turned the corner, a statement, not a survival, not a trip-on-itself part-of-the-game performance on Saturday. Because they should. They know what it's like to be a championship team now. And they should want to avenge last year and make a statement against this Mississippi team, even though they weren't able to make the statement they wanted against the last one they played. 504-260-1061 is the number. 504 Six one one more segment to go, and when we come back, we'll take a closer look at the CrescentCitySports.com headlines. Preview next week's monthly edition of the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Another great group of speakers. You should come join us in Mid City at noon a week from today. And quick predictions on the games coming up for the Big Three on the gridiron this upcoming extended weekend with the Saints, of course, playing on Monday night. All that when we return to finish things up on All Access. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. 
In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Imagine getting ahead of your irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C by treating it with Linzess. Then you could start proactively managing your constipation with belly pain and get ahead of your symptoms. Talk to your doctor about Linzess, linaclotide. Linzess is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. It's not a laxative. It's a once-daily pill that helps you get ahead of your symptoms. It's proven to help you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Imagine, what could relief from IBSC mean for you? Talk to your doctor and say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-452-5050. That's 1-800-452-5050. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. It happened at the Mississippi Press Association. Democrat Brandon Presley got asked where he stands on sex change surgeries and puberty blockers for children. Here's the reporter asking the question. Would you have signed the bill on the prohibition of sex change? And Brandon Presley's answer? When asked if he supports the new state law that bans puberty blockers for sex changes in children... Presley said he would have kept puberty-blocking drugs legal for children. The Mississippi Free Press wrote, and I quote, Democratic candidate for Mississippi Governor Brandon Presley would not have signed legislation that outlawed puberty blockers and sex change surgeries for children. Sex change surgery is permanent, forever. Yet when it comes to the radical transgender agenda, Brandon Presley took the same position as Joe Biden the same position as the radical National Democrats. That's why Brandon Presley cannot ever be our governor. Paid for by Tate for Governor. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on all access with Jude Young on 1061 FM Nash Icon at nashfm1061.com 
and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Next Tuesday, put it on your calendars, friends. That's the 19th of September, noon at the Cannery in Mid-City Great event space. We'll have David Griffin of the Pels talking about the state of that team going into the preseason. And of course, we got football guests like Kevin Falk, just a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion talking about the Tigers. J.J. McCleskey, secondary coach. Of course, he played for the Saints with the Green Wave talking about, and that's a good secondary too. Be interesting to hear his thoughts. A little inside football on that group. Dallas Al head coach Graham Jarrett doing a great job with his alma mater. And Bryce Brown, is there any better as far as high school coaches in the city, in the state, than the head coach of the Edna Carr Cougars? Again, check it out next Tuesday, our monthly edition of the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Good features on the website, including Saints needing to overcome those second-week blues. They've been losing week twos lately after winning week ones. That carryover needs to end, particularly bad performances the past couple of years in Charlotte in September. Want to wipe that out. Les East with a great feature on how the week one win for the Saints would have made the great late Jimmy Buffett happy. God rest his soul, of course, and how the Tigers need to continue improving when they go to Starkville. And we'll start with that 11 a.m. on Saturday. I think the Tigers will show improvement. And I believe in particular Logan Diggs and Caleb Jackson will be a nice one-two punch in the running game that will show up like it didn't against Florida State. And that will lead to big plays offensively and balance and a statement victory for the Tigers, I will say. 34-20, to 20, and maybe it won't be that close. Maybe I'm giving this defense too much credit, but it feels like a matchup to take a big step forward for this team. If they don't. It'll be a bad sign, although just win baby on the road in conference. I get it. This shouldn't be one where they struggle. Same for Tulane. Not a conference game, but a revenge spot, a bounce-back spot. Uh, we were, we want to show everybody how good we are. We don't just want to win. We want to dominate. And I'll just say, even if Kai Horton is the quarterback, I expect Tulane to dominate at Southern Miss. We'll say with Horton, Green Wave win convincingly. How about 38-17? to 17? That's what I expect. Multi-score win and looking good doing it. And for the Saints on Monday night against Carolina. Look, Carolina dominated in a lot of statistical areas against Atlanta in what was a horrible offensive football game where both teams were loving the run, but Carolina was better at it. There's that challenge I talked about. The combination of Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. 132 yards rushing on 27 carries. You're going to see a lot of that. Carolina's going to try to run the ball right at the Saints and protect what was a middling passing game that also had two crucial interceptions. The Saints need to avoid the turnover at Carolina. Brian Burns coming off the edge against Trevor Penning is worrisome, but the Saints will game plan more to protect Penning. I trust Derek Carr to get the job done on the road. Saints will take care of business. It may not be pretty, but it's a division game on the road in prime time. The Saints don't give Carolina scoring opportunities. Don't give them points. Then 20 points will win the game. And I'll say maybe the Saints only get that. 
till I see more from the Saints running game against a good Carolina front. I'll say the Saints win it 20-10. to 10. I believe in the defense. Just don't put them in bad situations. But if Carolina has a ton of success running the ball against the Saints and that also opens up the passing game, that would be a very bad sign for that particular opponent. Hopefully that does not happen. So three wins this week. Would that make you combo Tiger, Green Wave Saints fans happy?